We're going to talk about two people today. This sermon will kind of fit into my early comments there. You know, there's, there's two people in the, in the sermon this morning. First one's name is Adam. Did you ever hear of him? If you've read much of the Bible, if you started from chapter 1, you probably got to him pretty fast. The other one is Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody here and everybody listening or watching is under the authority of either Satan and, the, and you are under the authority of the sins of Adam or you're under the authority of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Either you get your authority and you direct your life as to what you do based on the flesh or you get it from the Spirit. We are either sinners saved by grace or we're sinners under the authority of Satan who leads us into every problem that you can imagine in our life. God wants us to know who's in charge here. That's what I'm entitling the message. Who is in charge? Is it the Holy Spirit that's in charge of your life? Or is it Satan who is in charge of your life? Is it the Holy Spirit that guides and directs you in every decision you make? Or are you one of those that says, I am just free to do whatever I want to do? May I say to you that if you think being free from the power of God gives you great power to do what you want to, could I caution you and tell you, no, you're under the authority of Satan. And you make terrible decisions because you're listening to him rather than listening to one who has all power, even over Satan. One of these authorities will lead you to righteousness and joy unspeakable and life eternal. The other will lead you to a life of frustration and misery and disappointment and horrible decisions and that result in horrible results and you will be in bondage here and you'll be separated from God in eternity. To be free is not to do what we want to do, but it's to do what we ought to do because the chains of Satan have been broken. Whenever you come under the Lordship of Christ, as you'll see here in Romans 8 in just a moment and many other scriptures, we come under his Lordship. He promises to be our provider, protector. He promises, in fact, he says, your steps are ordained by me. If you will walk with me, I will see that you fulfill the purpose for which you were created. But if you choose to go by the way of the world, get ready for the results of where the world is going to take you. So I want you to look very carefully if you're one of those that just feels like God is a bad guy. I just can't believe there's a God that would just send people to hell. He doesn't send anybody to hell. He sent his only son to keep everybody from going to hell. Our problem is Adam when we're born. What you want your authority to come from is from the God that loved you so much to send his son to set you free. And so when you get set free, you begin to think different. And, of course, if you think different, you act different. 
So let's listen to what Paul wrote to a very powerful nation as he wrote to the Romans. I want you to listen to the eighth chapter. I want to read four verses. This is a clear word as to what it means to have freedom. To have freedom. We are condemned when we're born. We can, set, we can be set free when we're born again. You say, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, please listen to me for just a few more minutes. Ready? Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Who's in charge here? Who's in charge of your life? Is it the Spirit of God? Or it is, it is the flesh of Adam that you're still having a problem with. That you just happen to go back to Adam and to Eve, which we all do. That's not a holy heritage. But I want you to know before you get uh, real mad at Adam, Adam has caused us a whole lot of problems. But God has sent through Jesus, sent us a whole lot more blessings than we got problems from Adam. We got one problem from Adam, and we've got many, many blessings waiting from those that choose to walk in the Spirit instead of in the flesh. For those that decide, I'm going to get free. I am, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am tired of doing everything everybody else is doing, and I end up the same way they do. I thought they were going to jail, and I'm in the same cell. I thought they were going to become addicted. Now I'm addicted. I thought they were going to have an incredible bad event, and I've had the same thing. Because, you know, if you keep on doing what you're already doing, you always have what you've already got. But there is one that says, I will set you free. I will set you free. And listen, he says, I won't withhold any good thing from you if you'll love me. Anything I say no to, I'm telling you, don't mess with that. That'll hurt you, or I got something a whole lot better over here. Follow me. When one decides to become a Christian, at that moment, we must understand who's in charge. We say it, Sagemont Church, I say it often from the pulpit, don't join this church. I mean, yeah, don't join this church. You know what you're getting into? But don't walk away. Do you know what you're walking away from? Don't get baptized for wrong reasons. Don't join church for wrong reasons. Understand that God's ways are higher than man's ways. The wisdom of man is foolishness to God. And it's hard for us to understand. If it feels good, do it. It just seems like it's the right thing to do. What do you mean it seems like the right thing to do? Where are you getting your seams to? What makes it... Then you can say it seems like it. Well, it seems like it because everybody's doing it. 
Can I just remind you, the Scripture says if everybody's doing it, that's, that's one big reason to get off that trail. The Bible says broad is the way that leads to eternal damnation, and many go therein. But narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there are that find it. But those that find it find there's a whole lot of heaven on the way to heaven. They find out there's a lot of freedom here because there's freedom to do right on purpose and know that because you've done right, good things are going to happen, and you're going to have a feeling inside that you haven't had in all of your life of just doing what Satan and Adam caused us to do. We inherited the sin of Adam. Nobody ever has to teach us to be bad. We come that way. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you never had a baby. <laughs> We're born in sin. It's natural to tell somebody what you think. I'll just like to give them a piece of my mind. You don't have that much mind. Keep all the pieces you got, okay? That's the problem with a lot of us. You've given so many pieces away, there's very little left, you know. We don't want to do that. But God's children from time to time also need to be reminded whose kids they are. Folks, we're a child of the king. Folks, there's a lot of things you don't have to pray about if you know the Lord. There's a lot of places you won't go if you know the Lord, and you won't have to pray about should I go or not. It is very, very clear. There are things you will stay away from, and they will never even tempt you because that has become so strong as you've grown in the Lord. And you know that his ways are the best, and he never, ever runs off and leaves his kids. We run from him. The Heavenly Father wants to be in control. The flesh and the devil are the enemy. Jesus is our Lord. The Holy Scriptures are our authority. And the Holy Spirit is our authority as well. The Holy Spirit and the book put together becomes our authority. The Holy Spirit wrote the book. The Holy Spirit interprets the book. The book is clear. We have the Bible in our language. There's some people in the world that still do not have the Bible in their language. The only thing they see is what God's created and what they hear others tell them. But Romans 8, 1 and 4, 1 through 4, is a powerful scripture. And I want to read just a part of it in the center where it says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. The law cannot save you. You cannot be saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. You hear me? You cannot be saved. You say, oh, goodness, I've been working on it for 20 years. I got four of them down, six to go, but I've got it timed out that I'm going to live long enough. I'm going to have them all ten, and when I hand in my list, it'll say A plus, A plus on all Ten Commandments. Listen, that's the law. We're under grace. G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense, if you want to know what that word means. We get the blessings of God because of the death of his son. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Now, let me ask you a question. 
Do you think of the Holy Spirit as an authority? Do you think of it? And this is a rhetorical question for you that are guests. You don't have to wait, raise your hand or say yes. Rhetorical question. Ready for it again? Do you think of the Holy Spirit as having authority? You say, yes, I do. Okay. Then how often have you been trying to tell him what to do? We pray in the name of Jesus, not in the name of the Holy Spirit. Don't get the Holy Spirit and try to manipulate him. He's the authority. And he doesn't need for you to tell everybody that what the Holy Spirit told you, if it's not in the book, and if, it, it, and if it's not very clearly there, and you're saying, well, I, I discussed this with the Holy Spirit, and he agreed with me. He changed his mind. I don't think so. What the Holy Spirit believed is what he wrote in this book about any doctrine you want to talk about. You say, well, I just don't believe that, but I don't believe you get saved by grace. I think it takes more than that. Well, where's that in the book? It says, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but by his stripes we're healed. That's what the Holy Spirit says. Well, I choose to disagree. Well, you're wrong, right? I'm wrong. Now, don't look too spiritual to me. I've done the same thing. I've tried to straighten the Holy Spirit out a couple of times. The spanking wasn't worth it. God says, you just don't understand. And I'll explain it to you. You'll have plenty of time when we get together. But you know why the, why the Holy Spirit ever came? The main reason? Jesus said, I, I need to go away. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Now, why? Because the Holy Spirit is needed until the day that we get back at the second coming of the Lord Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to help us interpret this book. We need the Holy Spirit to comfort us when we're in our darkest times. We need the Holy Spirit to, uh, with his authority to hold us back when we're wanting to go with the flow. The Holy Spirit is extremely, extremely, extremely important. But today, even Christians try to take power over the Holy Spirit. That's not good. Again, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit will interpret the Bible. Listen to Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. If you have a Bible, circle that much more. We're going to be back there several times in the next few moments. You see, there are two kingdoms that want to reign over us. King Adam and King Jesus. The, the Adam's kingdom is the flesh. There's much power in the flesh. The kingdom of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not in flesh. Jesus was the flesh. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. But we have King Adam, we have King Jesus. Adam represents the kingdom of death. And the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus, the kingdom of life. Which one do you want to be a part of? If we choose the flesh, we will die in the flesh and we'll be eternally separated from God in the Holy Spirit. If we choose to follow the Lord Jesus and invite him into our life, the Holy Spirit remains in our life until the day 
let the Father and the Son say, welcome home. Welcome home. In that 17th verse, that word, much more, takes on great meaning in the Scripture. Follow me real closely. When you got Jesus, when I got Jesus and invited him into my heart, I got much more than I got from Adam. Adam didn't give me much. He had some big problems. But Jesus has given me everything. Everything I need through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is available. Not only to me personally, I being an adopted child of God. So when we look at the Scripture and we say, well, Adam's my problem. You're exactly right. Jesus is your answer. What will you do with Jesus who's called the Christ? That's the question of the Bible. Adam made us all sinners. Jesus makes us all righteous. Which one do you want to follow? Whose authority you want to be under? The one that can make you a sinner or the one that can make you righteous? I choose King Jesus. Amen. You know, slavery, old days of slavery, when you were born to a slave, you became a slave. That was just the way it was back then. Those very tragic days. Let me tell you something. When you're born in the flesh, you become a slave to Adam. We're in bondage. We're in bondage because of our great, 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 great grandfather. And I will say our great, 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 great grandmother didn't help much. Adam became a slave. To who? He's the first man. Who could be a slave to? Satan. He became a slave to Satan. We've inherited that. We inherited that from him. He was a slave to Satan, and I'm talking to thousands of people today via all the medias. You're still a slave. You're not in control of your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are blown about, the Scripture says. It is so easy for you to do wrong and so difficult to do right. You find your temporal joy in sin where you could have eternal joy and faith in the God that says, I will take care of you. You are my adopted child. I own the cattle on a thousand hills, and I own the hills they graze on and I will take care of you. You're my child. It makes no sense, does it, when you start thinking about it, why anybody would reject Jesus. But the fact is, and the prophecy is, and the Holy Spirit is, says, most will. Most will reject Jesus. No preacher ever preaches, nor do you ever witness to a group where there's more of the people that follow Jesus than those that hear you in your lifetime in every place you go, ball games, restaurants, wherever. You know what? We have to say one thing about Adam. If there had been no Adam, there'd be no you and me. But my question this morning is, under whose authority are we? Look around you. Look around for just a moment. 
and ask yourself, if I'm like everybody else, look at me. Don't look at your neighbor. They'll, they'll, they'll become intimidated. Just look at me and say, I'm not sure I want to be like you. <laughs> I would understand that. And you don't want to be like me. But you sure want to be by the Lord that I want to be like. And I'm doing the best day by day. I don't want to be like anybody else. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. That's all I ask is to be like him. I love that chorus. Just to be like Jesus. None of us have ever seen a man, flesh and blood, made in the image of God. None. We're made in the image of Adam. We're not made in the image of God. Jesus was made in the image of God. The Holy Spirit represents God, but we represent man, and we have missed the mark. We have sinned in archery. To sin is to miss the target. The target is the mark. And to miss it in archery is a sin. We have all missed the target. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all failed. But God can take the broken and those that are off track and bring them on track if they understand that narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life and few there are that find it. But broad is the way that leads to destruction again and most go therein. We don't represent trains. We represent wrecked trains. We don't represent planes. We're wrecked planes. We're wrecked human beings. One got a good start, and he didn't last long until the powers of darkness began to control his life. Listen to Romans 5 and 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Without strength, we're talking about without spiritual strength. When we don't have real power from God, we have no power. We do want to do what we want rather than what we ought. But the problem really is we're not like him. We don't think like him, act like him. Our focus is not like his. What was his focus? I've come to do the will of the Father. And when that's over with, I'm gone. I'm gone. None of us are promised length of days, but we are promised that every day that we're with the Lord, he will be with us and he will fulfill his plan. That's the reason I caution everybody. If you've decided I've given enough in my lifetime, I'm not giving any more money. I'm not giving any more time. I'm not serving anymore. You better watch out and you might want to go down to one of the funeral homes because why should God leave you here breathing air and taking up space? and being a poor witness. Think about it. Look at it through the eyes of God. Why in the world are we here? Why are we having this service today? Well, it's just a nice place to meet some nice folks in the community. I might find somebody I might marry. I might find somebody I get a little business from, you know. And after all, the seats are good and couldn't think of anything else to do. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're going out of here. We're going out of here to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. The world is looking for Jesus. 
They're looking for hope. They're looking for help. They're looking for joy. They're looking for fulfillment. They're looking for their needs to be met. They're looking for, some are looking for the great physician. Some are looking for a guide. Some are looking for a protector. And we could go on and on with the list. Before Adam's sin, he was innocent, merely innocent. That's all he was. He didn't sin, so he was innocent. You know what about us? If we've sinned and we've been forgiven and saved, listen, we're totally justified. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Adam didn't have that privilege. Adam was innocent when he was born. We were guilty when we were born. But we have been totally justified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ if we've ever received it. He says, not only will I forgive your sin. Listen to this. I love this part. This is one of my favorite verses. And I will remember them no more. Don't you wish you could have the Lord talk to about 10 of your friends and tell them, would you go tell them to forget it too while I'm here because they're making my life miserable? We're saved by the blood. We're cleansed by the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the, of the world. You know, justice is giving us what we deserve. Mercy has given us what we desire. And grace has given us what we don't deserve. I like them. Adam, we inherited wickedness from God, Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, godliness. Romans 5, 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. It's been 2,000 years ago. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're A.D. instead of B.C.? Aren't you glad that you can know today, whatever you're going through, there's one living in your life that's stronger than anything on the outside. That it doesn't matter what comes in your earthly ear from whoever that is an authority in the field, that there is a grace in you that is totally sufficient to face any battle that you're going against right now in your life. He is Lord. We have been recreated through the Holy Spirit by our salvation to be godly. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be godly. Adam messed it up. But since Adam, we've made it worse. And now people are confused because they look at those of us that claim to have a new birth, but they see no change. They see no difference. The bad news is that because of one man, God condemned the world. The good news is because of one man, God saved the world. The second one came after the first one. The second one overcame the first one. What the first one messed up, the second one took care of with his blood. I'm glad I live when I do. I'm glad I'm in that grace period. I am glad that somebody 
told me how much Jesus loves me. And taught me a little song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. What Bible? The one written by the Holy Spirit? This tells me Jesus loves the little children. But, but also Jesus loves the senior adults. He loves us all. All of us. If you've read Genesis, you've read about the wrath of God. If you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you've, you've read about the love of God. If you've read the writings of Paul, you continue to read about the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. The purposes that God has for everything, that, that nothing happens without a purpose. And Jesus came in order that the whole world could be saved. In Romans 5.10, it says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, here's that word again, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only is the past taken care of, but the future. He died. He rose. He lives. He reigns. We are his subjects. And all we have to do is just follow after him. Well, when you put all this together, I'm going to read you some real quick scriptures, and we're going to have to close. I want to go to Romans 5.10 again, which says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, there's that word, much more. Having been reconciled, we're saved by his life. Jesus gave himself for us in order that he could give himself to us. And now that's what the Holy Spirit does look at the 15th verse of the fifth chapter of romans but as the offense so also is the free gift for if through the offense of one many be dead talking about adam much more the grace of god and the gift by grace which is by one man jesus christ has abounded unto many you notice one problem with adam messed us up but jesus has come and many things come now to us that takes care of the sin that Adam passed on to us. That's the kind of God we had. You know what? Adam had life. He was born in the garden. You know the story. Well, what's the difference? We have abundant life. We have abundant life. Amen. We have a life that can learn from the past Adam couldn't even blame his parents. Can you imagine being born and not being able to blame your parents for 80% of all your problems? Can you imagine such a generation? Well, Adam couldn't even capitalize on that. He had no earthly parents. But there was one Satan that messed him up big time. Big time. And the price continues to be paid. Romans 4, 8 says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Happy is the man who the Lord will not impute sin. Listen, when we sin, God doesn't get angry at us. If we take it to the cross and we take it to the Lord and we confess the sin, he will forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He doesn't live waiting. Till you just wait till you get up here. I'm going to nail your hide. You know, I put up with other people talking about your sin 
and, and on and on and on. That's not what heaven's going to be like. The blood of Christ has cleansed us. He's given us a brand new life. Listen at the 20th verse of that fifth chapter, verse 20 and 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, that's where the garden was, grace, you ready, did much more abound. There's the words again, much more. That as sin is reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Adam had a perfect world, perfect dominion, and he lost it. We have a kingdom of grace, and nobody can take it away. God's grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I believe it'll stay at the top of the chart till the Lord comes back again. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Think about that. It's a gift, it's a gift, it's a gift. You don't have to stand in line for it. It's a gift. Right where you are, right now, you could receive Jesus Christ in your life if you understand that if Jesus becomes your Savior, He becomes your Lord. If He becomes your Lord, He becomes your authority. And if you're not willing for that to happen, you're not serious about the first thing. If all you're thinking about is, I just don't want to burn in hell. I just want to see that mansion and those streets of gold and those gates of pearls. Forget about it. Jesus didn't die on a cross so we could have a mansion with gold streets and gates of pearl. He had a bigger purpose than that in mind. He wanted to live through us and bring people to him to fellowship, for him to love forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. I hope you're one of those. I want to say it again. I hope you agree with me by now that we gained more in Christ than we lost in Adam. I, I, don't, I don't blame Adam for anything anymore. I found God's grace sufficient. I found that God can cover up that past. As long as we blame anybody for the condition we're in, and in any area of our life, we have trouble enjoying the freedom that comes in Christ. Our redemption was fixed at Calvary, and it has an eternal warranty, not a lifetime warranty here on earth, an eternal warranty. We can be saved from the penalty of sin here. We can be saved from the power of sin here. And one day, praise Jesus, we can be saved from the presence of sin. Can you imagine living one hour without a temptation? That would be a good testimony for me. I think I had an hour one time. I went out on an island somewhere and buried my hand in the sand. I don't think I had one problem. You probably did. You probably complained about the sand that was in your eyes, you know. But when you think about how our Lord has paid it all and says, whosoever will can come and drink of the water of life freely. There's a scripture in Romans 6 that I found a new interpretation of, not interpretation of the scripture, but just a, a clear reference that's made here. It's one of these things you pick up after years of Bible study at time. Romans 6, 11, Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Likewise reckon. 
Now, being from the South, I remember that word. Well, I reckon I'll go to church today. Well, if I get home in time, I might dig up some worms and, you know, I reckon I might go down to the pond. You know what that word comes from? Look it up. It's a bookkeeping term. You reckon your books. Right? That's what it comes from. You know, talk about it. What does he do? I get them in order. I make sure that everything's accurate there. Now, let me read it. Likewise, reckon yourself. You know, check the book. Get it all together. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is risen, and he is the authority through the Holy Spirit. Jesus the Son and, and the Holy Spirit are the authority that we're under if we're saved. If we're not under that authority, then you're under the authority of the law. Whoever makes the law and how often it changes, and we're real concerned right now because we're going to get another Supreme Court judge, and he's going to be the one of nine that will finally interpret our laws. We've got to be careful because I want them to be interpreted. Those are the laws of men. I'm talking about the laws of God today. We are under the authority of God. If God says it, that settles it. And if we do that, we're free. We're free. And if the Lord sets us free, we're free indeed. 